Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Amy Kunkel Audio Hour. As you may be able to tell, I'm a little under the weather, or I think I'm losing my voice. Probably a combination of both. But I wanted to bring you this episode today. I'm talking with Dustin Schnabel. He's the co-founder of Zoe Farms. They are a sustainable farm here in Canton, Ohio, raising meat how nature intended. So I buy my eggs there, my chicken and grass-fed beef. And it's just, I really admire their mission. And I knew uh, when I met Dustin, probably a year or two ago, and his wife, Erin, that they just had something different about them. And I was right. It definitely came through in this episode. Dustin shares how... If we get our food intake right, a lot of other problems will solve themselves. And I think that is a good summary of this conversation that is a lot about our food and also about um, just getting, um, as he says, looking in the mirror and getting it right with yourself first. So I hope you enjoy this episode. The show notes are available at amykunkel.com. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I wanted to have you on because after my own conscious awakening where I decided I needed to start doing things a little differently in my Mm -hmm. own life, I started shopping at Zoe Farms. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get our eggs out there, and I remember touring actually it was like an impromptu you get other things you don't just get eggs (laughs) yes yes I was touring you had shown me around the chickens and you said you started talking about well you had shown up just you had shown up just at the perfect time because we were working and we were going to collect eggs or we were going to do something and I said hey come on along you were moving and the chickens were like tilling the soil yes for you and it opened up this whole idea of partnering with our our livestock so we give them more purpose to do than just confining them into a thing and making them make money for us yeah 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 so I thought that was really interesting and then I started this podcast because I wanted to just really bring awareness for other people on how to make these changes in your life and for me it has been a food journey and Mm -hmm. with my family trying to figure out how to get them to transition from sure factory well it starts with us meat and, and that's our message it starts in the mirror and i like your message the person in the mirror needs to change yeah those are the only people we need to preach to right and that's that, that's our message like, <laughs> end of story um so i want to have you on just to hear like how you got started how did you even come to wanting to do this yourself and yeah. i mean you really put out a great message to the world on, you well, know, in just your our articles, local community. your articles and everything. And, and uh, it's a, it's a really long story. Uh, and as if, you know, most, I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. Uh, you know, I have been involved with animals most of my life, livestock. And I had ho- my first horse I had when I was nine years old. And I've had this uh, this idea of responsibility kind of uh, brought upon myself 
early on, you know, I wanted a horse and my dad told me, well, you can have a horse, but this is what it entails. And uh, listening to uh, responsibility and saying that we need to take responsibility and actually having it, okay, two different ball games. And I guess early on in my life, I learned that responsibility is is something that I learned very well by having animals and being surrounded by other creatures that depended on me because the reality of the situation is if you don't carry on your responsibility, things die. It's the ultimate penalty for failure, okay? Uh, and so that's an early seed, I would say, that was planted within me. And I didn't even know it. I mean, who, what nine-year-old out there wakes up and says, I want to take on responsibility, right? And I want to uh, do these things. I, I had no clue about any of these things until later in life. Well, you know, fast forward, my uh, I raised buffalo, American bison, for uh, probably three 14, 15 years. It was a hobby for my father, turned into a passion, turned into a business for me, a livelihood, uh, got married and realized when I got married, I had, we had kids, our first child. I was in something that uh, was dangerous, okay? Uh, working around livestock, these are big creatures. But early on, I realized that I had a skill for business. I had a skill for uh, getting things to people that people need. All right. And I went into, so sold all the bison in 2001. And I went into the fitness industry. And in the fitness industry, I did fairly well. Uh, had a career for about 12 years in the fitness industry, outside of livestock, outside. And I even said that when I sold the buffalo, I said I would never own livestock again. I would never raise animals like this again. So that's a lesson to say, never say never and always avoid always, right? So I temper my statements by saying, well, it's in the foreseeable future, I will probably not do this. But uh, using the fitness industry, I as a guide post or as a guide point for where I'm at today, uh, I was involved in a uh, kind of a world changing part of the fitness industry where we, in 2001, two and three, we launched a balance training device and we led, we were part of the leading charge in the world for, integrating balance as the foundation of all movement and integrating that into the broader fitness community through a hard good product you know and a lot of people have probably seen it it's a half of a ball called mm -hmm. a bosu ball it's a blue half dome yep. well for 12 years i was uh, the leader of that project that took that from nothing into a worldwide phenomenon. But more importantly, the reason why it was successful is because we did it 
not to sell more BOSU balls, okay? We, we did it because it was changing people's lives. It was integrating balance and kinesthetic awareness into people's normal exercise routine, okay? And that benefited people's lives. We would get uh, letters from autistic children, you know, parents of autistic children saying how incredible this product has changed their child's life just by standing on it, right? By creating these neurological connections that weren't there previously. So uh, I really was, and the business was very, very successful, but it was successful because it was, it had purpose. And what ended up happening is the, the parent company that was responsible for the marketing and distribution of this product uh, went bankrupt. We hired a new CEO, the CEO tanked the company in three years, and it was, it was a bad deal. And what ended up happening is the business changed from how do we create more good in this world by utilizing our skills and talents and our and this business that we're running and it 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 really shifted into how do we anniversary last year's numbers and make a 15% target profit increase right and that's when i really started to get turned off by it and i found myself becoming less and less interested and so fast forward through that whole process, very painful process, but I had a good time in the fitness industry. I decided to, I, I, I got so jaded by what I saw happening in the world of, you know, corporate business. I actually decided to take five years and do nothing except search for what is going to bring meaning and purpose through our creative endeavors what what is going to happen next i i didn't i didn't uh retire although you know i haven't didn't have income for a long long time nor do i still now <laughs> <laughs> really uh but nobody goes nobody becomes a farmer uh to get rich uh, so the first season when I stopped in the fitness industry, I just went back to the land where we raised Buffalo and it hadn't been cared for and it hadn't had a human touch to it for, uh, a decade, over a decade. And the human touch that it did have was abusive, you know, uh, some parties with teenage kids. This and... is all local. Oh, yeah. This is all, yeah. you were raised here, you're from here. I've lived Sorry. in Perry Township my whole life. Okay. I've never lived outside of a five-mile radius my entire life, but I've traveled the world over many, many times. Yeah, so okay. I believe very deeply in place. I believe very deeply in deep roots. So I went back to those roots, and I just said, you know what? I haven't worked with my hands I haven't combined my brain and my body together to do something in a long, long time. And I remember what it was like. So I went back to that. 
And that first year, I did nothing except cleaning up old fence lines and cutting brush and, you know, just working and working and, you know, having a couple of beers and having a couple of beers and swimming in the lake. And, you know, it was nice to take a break from the pressure cooker of the corporate world. But um, it unfolded after... uh, I showed you, I, I built my mom. The, the next thing that I, I got kind of bored doing that. I needed something else to do. And my mom wanted a uh, house. So I, I built her that underground house, uh, that earth sheltered house. That was a year, which I don't want to repeat that again. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was another pressure cooker, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, good purpose though. Okay. Mm-hmm really good attention, you know, to build a house that's going to be here 500 years from now, uh, felt good. I did not like the process of doing it. It was very, uh, painful in many, many respects. I acquired some new bad habits that, or I acquired some old hat, old bad habits back, you know, doing that. But as that wound down, I was like, what's next? You know, what am I going to do? I'm certainly not going to do nothing. That's impossible for me. And I began to discover, uh, my mom said, hey, we should get some chickens, we should get some cattle. And I said, no, no, I'm never gonna have livestock again. I'm never gonna do that again. I took care of them, I ran that business and I don't want any part of it. Well. (laughs) I discovered some methodologies that I never knew about. And basically, it's about utilizing symbiotic relationships with normal creatures like cattle and chickens and broiler chickens and goats and you know utilizing these synergistic relationships these symbiotic relationships to create an overall productive system that is more productive than each individual part would be in isolation so i was absolutely enamored by it i was blown away at the possibility and like me you know uh You know, when I was in college, if somebody had some new drug at a party and, you know, I had to try it. (laughs) And if they had one, I'd take three. Right. That's just who I am. Obviously, I don't do that anymore. But with new ideas and this was an idea that was just floored me. So the first step was. okay, this seems impossible. I had raised bison, okay? I'd raised buffalo and and I raised buffalo. That was my full-time living, okay? You know, a lot of people have cattle or a lot of people have these hobby farms or hobby ranches and my definition of a real farmer, you know, or whatever is uh does it pay your bills? You know, yeah. does this can is this your living? can you make a living doing it? Right. Okay? In an honest way. So I studied these ideas and I saw people who were having success with it, but I just said, 
Let's give it a shot. Why not? Let's see what happens. And the very first year was asking two questions. Let's, I shouldn't say that. Let's, let's stop. I'll let you. That's how I got to where mm -hmm. I'm at. That's okay. how the farm started was mm -hmm. let's just see what happens. Now, the reason why I was enamored with these ideas is because these practices in food production, we've always heard that organic is not mass scale. It can't be, uh, uh, you know, these types of hippy dippy tree hugger type sandals, Birkenstock, you know, hang around the campfire, smoke a joint, sing cosmic kumbaya. That's all fine and good for the communes, but it's not going to feed the world. And that's the mentality that I always had, right? right. Well, <laughs> come to f once I found out that, wait a second, there's people actually producing more in a sustainable way, right? And that's the key point is... I, I say sustainable, I mean increasingly sustainable, right. which means regenerative. So mm -hmm. building topsoil, increasing biodiversity of soil life, everything above ground and below ground, as well as feeding the most nutrient-dense food to humans possible, right? We always thought that that was part of some weird commune or, well, once I saw people beginning to say that this is possible on large scale, and as a matter of fact, it is more competitive than the industrialized food system because our costs of production go down as our productivity goes up. That is the inverse curve for the industrial food system, right? I was blown away. So I said, well, let's try this. And uh, that's how we started. Yeah. That's amazing. I was just listening to a podcast. I think Dave Murphy was on it, and he's the executive director of Food Democracy Now!, which is talks about regenerative farming. Mm -hmm. And some of these kinds of, like you said, like I never knew were possible, but one of the things that I feel like I come up against is just people are so ignorant that they just believe what's on on their google feed or whatever sure and so how you even well it's intellectual laziness right that's what it is it's it, it, and, and that's the other thing that i that i'm really clear with people if you want spoon fed that's fine go go get spoon fed but if you really want to deal with stuff look in the mirror tell the person in the mirror to get off their ass and go get busy Right. It's, you know, right. ignorance, ignorance, TV. ignorance is intellectual laziness. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and it's probably not a very popular message. I don't know. What I'm just saying right now? Right. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, and that's not the... But you'll be, you'll be shocked as a matter of fact. You'll actually be shocked as a matter of fact. It's increasing in popularity because people know, they look in the mirror and go, yeah, right. that person, that's empowering. So instead of searching for the power without right, that is outside of us, that government needs to do it, or so-and-so needs to do it, like those chicken farms, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? No, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. If you have a problem with fracking, turn your thermostat down in your house, right? right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's avoiding this hypocrisy. 
And, you know, the hypocrisy was, this was very interesting. I discovered my own blatant, horrible hypocrisy when I was in the fitness industry. So <laughs> we like to travel by land. And so uh, we went the route of, you know, the Prius and, you know, use less, use less fuel, etc. And the Prius wasn't good enough for us. So I converted... Uh, I bought a diesel truck and bought a diesel and converted it to run on waste vegetable grease, right? Yeah. And uh, I found myself driving down the road in our veggie-powered car, actually in my heart condemning the people driving Priuses. I, I literally felt this. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Here I am, this guy, that half-ball Bosu, I was responsible for putting probably 17 million pounds of petrochemicals into the sphere of commerce. And I was like, whoa, what a hypocrite. And I had to deal with that man in the mirror. And I had to be blunt, okay? And if we're not capable of being blunt with ourselves, we are our worst bullshitters. Sorry. If that's not, we are. We look at ourselves, and if, if we look at the person in the mirror and we turn out of disgust, we better turn back and face that person because that's the, it's the only person that's going to get us out of the ruts that we're in, and it's the only person that's going to make a change in this world. Yeah, well, and that's kind of my story why um, I was not... I was starting to do architecture again, mm -hmm. and I just feel like I just keep running up against people that don't care yeah. about yeah. any of it. They don't. They don't care. They just want the the cheapest bottom line. And sure. So just recently, something happened, and I was like, "Okay, that's the universe like telling me like you have to do the right thing. You just sure. have to stop doing that and do. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm right. Like, I'll write my book, or I'll keep." Talking about stuff like this, I mean, I feel like as a mom and as someone who's kind of trying to live in this balance of, I mean, my husband and I got into it last summer about Roundup, mm -hmm. and I won't say any more ah, about that, but, yeah. you know, I feel like... Well, see, here's the thing, and let's, let's take Roundup. I, this is this is the other thing. I mean, if if you're eating Cheetos or if you're eating uh, tacos or if you're eating corn chips, you're eating Roundup. Okay, you're, you're right, we're contributing to it. We're so... contributing to it. No, no, no. We're contributing to it because ninety percent of the soy. Oh yeah, eat a tofu burger, right? Ninety percent of the soybeans in this country are sprayed with Roundup. All right, and this is this hypocrisy that drives me insane. So. The Roundup, for whatever it's worth, I mean, I'm a farmer. I am totally anti-Monsanto. I'm totally anti. But here's the deal. These are people These are people that wake up in the morning, and they want to do the best for their family, too. They want to do the best for the world, too. All right? And as a matter of fact, Roundup, when Roundup came on the market in the 90s, it was actually an improvement for the agricultural industry. No joke. It actually reduced the amount of pesticides and uh, herbicides. I mean, it was actually a good thing. It has turned into a not good thing, okay? But it's important that people don't demonize one thing. But more importantly than that is not to demonize one thing 
while at the same time I'm driving a veggie-powered truck while I'm pumping 17 millions of petrochemicals into the sphere of commerce through this half ball, right? And thinking that I'm better. Yeah. My message to people is to root out what's inside and, you know, deal with that. So, yeah, round up. <laughs> I know. I mean, but I feel like for me, like I am unearthing my my yeah. soul and everything. Like it's hard. It's not hard, but it's been a process of cleansing to, sure. to go from this unconscious human being who's just doing you know sure watching yes. tv and eating right. this crap and all that right to someone who's contributing and giving back and being yeah. healthy and right and so so i'm i'm transitioning but yeah. let me give I'm, you another example let me give you another example i raise i raise pigs finest pigs you'll ever eat right my brother's having a cookout on sunday and he's cooking up uh, pork roast from Sam's Club. Do you think I'm going to eat it? The answer is yes. I am. I am. It was a gift from my brother. I'm not going to judge him. And uh, there was a point in my life when I wouldn't, okay? Mm -hmm. But I've arrived at a point where I have grace in my life. for, And it's the grace and it's not judging my... It's not judging anybody but the person I see in the mirror. That's it. And that's what, buddy, I'm going to tell you what. If you're, if you're on this journey and you're going along, it's, I've been on this journey now for over 20 years trying to figure out what the hell's going on with me and the world around me. And I've had the pain of, of, of alienated relationships where I'm discovering things and I believe that because I need to change this then everybody else does and that I have suffered greatly because of that. I've suffered an enormous amount of heartache and also caused suffering with the people around me. And I'm my hope is that today I'm a more graceful man than I was yesterday. That's my hope. And I hope to be a more graceful man tomorrow than I am today. And uh, I, I, I assure you this, I am not always good at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I mean, I, the, the word I use is compassion. Like I give compassion to myself. Sure. I ate my mother-in-law's chili that she brought this weekend because it was such a, you know effort for her to bring it from Indiana and whatever because she wanted to contribute and yep. help out but yeah I it yeah. is still there's a there's a scene in the movie this is a great movie with uh 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 godfather godfather yeah okay so he's sitting uh Michael Carleone which uh he's sitting in the he's sitting in his office with the senator and the senator spouts off and he says, Senator, we're all part of the same hypocrisy. I'll never forget that. We're all part of the same hypocrisy. It's just different 
for every one of us. And if we, and, and I took that to heart and, uh, from a movie, right? Yeah. The no, godfather I mean, of all well, movies. And the, <laughs> the Matrix is one that I've taken a lot from recently. Sure. Because the wake I, up, the pill. Right. I, I right. really feel like, yeah. but you're right. Like it is easy to just mm-hmm. judge everyone else at that sure. point. But I I still feel like I am just taking steps to yeah. purify my home environment, purify yeah. our water, just to be healthier, sure. you know. Purify our um, thoughts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then what is your, like, do you have a religious background? What Where's your belief system uh-huh. stem from? Uh, I don't touch those kinds of questions with a 10-foot pole. So, like, your belief system, like, your integrity. Well, let's just put it this way. Here's here's my belief. There's only one of me. Okay? And out of all of the billions of human beings on this planet, what are we up to, like, 7.35 billion thereabouts? Mm -hmm. I assure you there's one of me. Out of all of the billions that have ever come before me, There's never been a me. Out of all the billions that will come again, that that will come in the future, not come again, but come in the future, I'm a one-off. Now, what made that happen? I don't know. But here's what I will say. It is absolutely remarkable. And everything that is around me operates in such an amazing way if I only find myself as part of it, okay? Wholly individual, while at the same time a part of it all. A part of the cosmos, okay? A part of every living thing, and that is why, here's what I will share, is my personal life's mission statement, okay? And I believe people need to think about this and write down what am I here for? I was able to discover this recently, and it goes like this. To increasingly connect physically, emotionally, and spiritually with all life around me, okay? So, I believe that I am a physical creature. It's undeniable I'm here right now. Now, we can talk about quantum entanglement and quantum theory, and we could talk about multiverse, okay? Let's not go there, because that's weird. But I am a physical creature, all right? I am also an emotional creature. I am an intellectual creature, all right? I have feelings, I have desires, I have wants, I have intellect. I am also a spiritual creature. There's a part of me that is something that is very difficult for me to describe. The only thing that I can do is experience it, okay? So, to increasingly connect, I want to point that out, there's no end point, all right? So this is an eternal thing to increasingly connect with all of who I am with all life around me. So I believe that there 
I mean, just take for instance. I mean, there's life in the soil, and it's one of the th that's one of the reasons why we're so successful in what we do as a farm because we pay attention to the life that is not seen, that is beneath the soil, and we're utilizing that and caring for that, and it is providing abundance for us. Okay, but it is a design that I didn't make. All right, right. It's a design that is there. I don't know who made it, but it's there. All I'm here to do is discover it, all right? So I will not talk about Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity. I am not talking about any of that. Yeah. Because what I just said transcends every boundary, okay? So I find a lot of truth in uh, Buddhism. I find a lot of truth in all of the structured religions, but really what I'm about is connecting to all life around me in an increasing way. I appreciate that's, that very much. That's my religion. Thank you. Well, and I came from a religion, but mm -hmm. I have separated from the religion and changed it to my belief system because sure. it, it looks more like yours. Yeah. Um, we humans have a funny way of turning religion into something that really harms people. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and, and then that's another thing. A lot of people that are uh, rehabbing from religion uh, tend to swing the pendulum, you know, too far in the opposite direction and tend to not really see some of the truths that were, mm -hmm. that were there. You know, there's a lot of rich good truth. There's also a lot of really horrific uh, things that have taken place in the name of religion, any religion, okay? And important not to throw it all away. That's kind of my, yes. my theory. Well, and I'm, I'm all about spirituality. Do you, I know you have, you have a degree in biology? <laughs> I think I googled something and I, I do, I out. have a degree in biology. I mean, you're clearly very well read. Who are some of the people that you enjoy reading? Do you? I, I have learned, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, I grew up despising reading because I don't read well. I don't. I, it's very hard for me to read, as a matter of fact. I get tired. Uh, and so I never really read much in schooling. All of my, I, the best thing I got, a, got out of college is two things, all right? First, I got my wife. Best thing that's ever happened to me, okay, in this life. Second is I learned how to learn more efficiently. So my studies after college, I was of the mindset that, you know, like, is very popular, which is, hey, I got this degree, I, uh, I'm i going to go do these things, and I know what I need to know to get by, right? And I lived that life for, oh, geez, oh, Pete, uh, probably uh, eh, less than a decade, maybe, you know? Uh, what really kind of shifted my habits to uh, digesting information, and it's not just reading. There's an enormous amount of positive, good things 
on the internet like YouTube. I learned how to sail my boat on YouTube, man. Right. No joke. Yeah, it's amazing. No, it wasn't one thing. I spent hours and hours searching and trying to find that goes back to the college thing, right? Learning how to learn more efficiently, separating out the stuff I don't need to know. Okay, this guy doesn't know shit. I'm not going to bother with this guy's channel. He's just about this. Oh, this yeah. guy knows something. Putting that all together. Learned a lot about what we're doing at the farm through YouTube. Uh, but really when I took the change in mentality to learning again was in business, I was being encouraged by the people around me to get an MBA, uh, Masters of Business Administration, said I needed to go back to school. And I was like, man, I just came from there and I don't want to do that. So I just started reading books, and I was traveling a lot. I was on planes a lot. I used to, on average, I flew over 120,000 miles a year for a decade in a row. I was on the road for 180, over 180 days a year for 10 years straight, okay? I had a lot of time to read. And, and well, I, I might have had time to do business, right? But I chose, I said, you know what? Or watch TV. Or watch television, right? You know? Right. So I actually said, I'm going to get a, har a, a, a subscription to Harvard Business Review. I'm going to get, I'm going to read books from Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all the blah, blah, blah names out there, right? And I just digested them. And I read a stack of books that is probably seven feet tall in a matter of a year. And... What that did to my mind was just flooded my mind with all these unbelievable ideas. And it had an, a profoundly amazing impact on my business career because I was doing things that nobody else was doing because I was assembling ideas from so many different places, right? Mm -hmm. So now fast from that time, and that must have been in two thousand and three ish 2003 so for the past 16 years now I have made a dedicated effort to learn whether that be read listen to podcasts listen to interviews lectures I can I can listen to University of Southern California podcast. I can listen to Harvard podcasts. I can listen to all of these things. There's, it's amazing. So for the past 16 years, I've made it a focused effort to spend four hours a day, every day, to learn. Okay? That's a commitment. That's it's two doctorate amazing. degrees. Yeah. It's two doctorate degrees. Now, what I chose not to do is become... In, uh, I, I chose not to learn more and more about less and less. That's what, that's what PhDs do. PhDs learn more and more about less and less, okay? I actually chose to learn a little bit about a lot of stuff, right? Uh, I never built a house before in my life. And I built my mom a house uh, that sits underground that you can drive bulldozers on top of and, uh, you know, it's, I, I did that, right? Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time learning about, you know, structural engineering and concrete and 
you know, rebar reinforced concrete and blah, 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 you know. Don't want to do it again, you know. Yeah. I might have to, who knows. But uh, anyway, that's the learning. How do you learn? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's been the last two years for me. It's just every book, every podcast. and Soak it in. Yeah, I'm, I am. I'm soaking it in. But I, I feel like I'm getting to this point now where maybe I've honed in more on something I'm interested in. Sure. And I feel like the yeah. first thing that people are going to tell me is, well, you need to go back to school. Yeah. And I know I don't. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. I can go to Harvard by just listening to all yeah. that's available online. Yeah. I hear that. Well, so, I have two teenage daughters and, uh, you know, we hear it all the time. You know, the girls are, the girls have chosen and our 17 year old daughter has, she'll, she'll be 18 in October and she completed her high school requirements two years ahead of time, uh, two years ahead of, uh, high school, two years ahead of time. And she did some college classes and she was horribly disappointed at the level of, because this was an argument that was made. Well, you're not going to have that social interaction with other students and blah in in that area. And she came back and said how disappointed she was at the level of competition. There was she <laughs> she was the best student in her, her and the other homeschool kid was the best student in the class and it's like so yeah, you don't I mean, look, if you want to be a nurse, if you want to if you want to make a living reading uh, uh, radiology, reading x-rays, and doing ultrasounds, well, you're going to have to get a certificate for that. You're going to have to be part of that institution. But, you know, the institution of learning is, has been and is undergoing massive changes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, basically what we're just doing is we're just harnessing that for the, for the positive yeah, I feel like there are, it feels like change is coming, but I also feel like it feels like nothing's happening. Sure. And that's, I mean, even like with organic, like I, I Google searched organic farms because I honestly was thinking I would rather buy from a farmer, mm-hmm. but I don't want to necessarily go to a farmer's market if none of them are organic. hmm so I well, just we're not a, we're not a certified organic farm. Why is that? It's because the when 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 Walmart is selling organic, why would I do it? So I heard <laughs> about that is because Kellogg's but, and all sorts of yeah. all these other people got certified. Oh, as I organic mean, there's, there's a ton of it. There's a ton of it, and the ability to game the system is rampant. Look, the organic certification. Uh, the organic label is not what it was 15 years ago. 15, 20 years ago, it did mean something, okay? Uh, you know, if, if you're going to go to this, and, and I, we use this to show people. Uh, it's funny, I saw somebody put a post on Facebook of uh, just last week of this semi-trailer driving down the road with a load of broiler chickens on it, right? And they posted this on Facebook about how sad it was. And this is why I buy organic. And this is why I buy from Earth Fair and yada, yada. And I was like, I hate to rain on your parade, but I've been in those organic 
chicken facilities. And I assure you, now I'm not saying it was the truth or not, but though that semi-loaded chickens could have been coming from an organic chicken barn, all right? It would be shocking if you found out the practices that are being employed in the industrial food system. And when I say the industrial food system, industrial, organic has gone industrial. Now, I don't want to throw that net and cat and, and, and wrap up all of the good organic farmers because I know good organic farmers. And I always ask them, why are you continuing to pay for this uh, invasive process when you can just create relationships with your customers and explain to them? It's like when you came down to our farm. Mm-hmm. You came down. We didn't have signs up that said no cameras. I invited you. Yeah, film all you want. Yeah. We got nothing to hide, right? Anybody that has a question about what we do, we answer it. You know, and uh, anyway, how do we get off on that tangent? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for organic farms, they're not yeah. they're not really that mm-hmm. much better, which is the I don't know if that's the word. It's no, because I don't, all of the soil is contaminated. Right, and that's why... Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, And that's one of the things that we're witnessing in what we do is the amazing resurgence of life when we pay attention to it. So, you know, we can take a field that has been sprayed with Roundup for uh, the past decade, and we can rehabilitate that within a matter of two or three years to be the most vibrant living ecosystem you can possibly. It's just paying attention to it. It's measuring for it. It's, it's, it's uh, shooting for the right goals, okay? So we need to be very cautious in saying that all organic is this or uh, all industrial is that. Uh, my whole point is, is the, the industrialized food system has invaded the organic label. They're using it. And it's not what you think. That's the point. Free range. The word free range is just a, a, a term that's used. And this is these are people going to the store. Look, you go to the store. You learn that these hens are kept in these cages and it's bad. I saw a video on YouTube or I saw it on Facebook and I don't like that. So I want to buy something that's free range. So I go to the store and I read the package and it says free range. Well, that's good. That's a good intention. It truly is. My whole message is is that word doesn't mean anything. Okay. And there are some people who are using that word the right way. But increasingly so in the industry, it is a wildly deceptive claim. So if my message were to be to anybody about food, it would be this. Make a priority to increasingly become connected with the providers of your food. Okay? The reason why we exist in this, I don't want to turn this into an infomercial for what it is that we do, but... That's a good place to start. That's a good takeaway for anybody is to increasingly, note I say that increasingly because it's a process. It's something that gets better over time. 
increasingly connect with the providers of your food. And by doing so, you will increasingly connect with the food itself, with the people providing it, and then with the land. And you can't do that at Earth Fair, all right? You can't do that at Fresh Time. You know, you can't do that at these places. They make a very good presentation that they are uh, bringing you this. And I've, they have products there that are raised by good folks doing it the right way. But the vast majority of it is using deceptive marketing practices that once people find out what they are, they become disgusted. But originally, those people are going to the store with a good intention. And in order, my message is to carry on that good intention and to follow through with that in an increasing ways, become closer to your food. Where that ends up, generally speaking, is at a small farm where, and, and yeah, it's out of the way. And the reason I say increasing is because it's something that just continues. And I use this as an example. We use extra virgin olive oil, right? And if you, you know, 10 years ago, that was the thing. I mean, we were, up until two years ago, just buy the best stuff we think that we can buy at the store, right? Mm -hmm. Until we found out that there is a craft grower that has these like 200-year-old olive trees out in California and they produce small, they're like us of the olive oil business. That's real olive oil, right? We didn't discover that until two years ago. So it's this increasing way. Now we have, you know, most of our sugar comes from our honey and syrup and everything. Now we have supplies where basically we can shake the hand of the person that provided it. Like within Ohio, though, or oh no, I mean you're not going to find olive trees in Ohio, right? So the olive are in California. And, yeah. Okay. I mean, because that's that was kind of the idea with sustainable products for architecture was mm -hmm. it had to be within a hundred miles. Sure. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. Yeah, I that mean, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> and so. Well, that's really hard to do. Yeah, I, I mean think... it's almost impossible to do. The cost to do that is very very high. Well, and I think everything, like, I think someone said, you know, maybe look at the, um, you know, what the growers around you are growing and mm -hmm. that kind of thing, but we can go down that path. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, it's a very real concern is just wanting to, you know, have a good thing in my body sure. and thinking about that for myself and, um, so I I think I will have to get some names from you. I have some organic veggies started, but yeah, you know it can't be. <laughs> I can't have them year round in Ohio. Sure you can. Nobody. We proved that. I proved oh. that. I mean, we're well, not I mean, doing. I don't grow them year round myself. We're not doing it. Well, we. But did. maybe somebody is. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can grow it. Now you're not going to get uh, bananas. You're not going to get bananas in Ohio. Period. You're not going to get oranges. Oh, mangoes. Yeah, you're not going to get those right. things. Yeah. You know, but it's that, you know, I, I also say, look, if don't beat yourself up too bad, too. You know, take steps. Right. That's why I use the word increasing. Yeah. Start and then move and then go and make it a point to get better. You know, like I said earlier, 
I want to be a more gracious person tomorrow than I am today. <laughs> I want to be a smarter person tomorrow than I am today. I want to, I want to make a better impact tomorrow than I did today. Yeah. Well, and the setting the goal for yourself for four hours of mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. Do you have other components in your life that you have like measurable goals? What do you mean? Like, I'm just curious. And um, as far as like, I know my brother, I have, I have four brothers, um, but one of my brothers is always, um, and this kind of ties back to your uh, recent post about uh, perseverance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just uh, my brother is actually really good at picking something and doing it for X amount of, you know, mm-hmm. days or years or whatever. Um, but I feel like everybody has that struggle of doing anything consistently for any mm-hmm. amount of time. And mm-hmm. um, And recently I've kind of just come to realize... I just need to have a bigger goal for myself, like a dream that I'm Mm -hmm. want, like your mission statement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, something that I'm tying to and my why for, for being perseverant. Yeah. Perseverant. Well, that sound like a weird word. Yeah. Well, it's to be resilient and to, to have staying power. Uh, I guess my answer to that is to, take on the largest burden of responsibility that I can and do the best that I can. And my definition of happiness is to know, to be content in knowing that I did that. And then that goes back to, you know, it, it, I don't compare myself, we don't compare our farm, uh, we don't. Comp- I don't compare myself to anybody else except the dude that's looking back at me in the mirror. That's it. And as long as, uh, you know, I assure you, there's days when I wake. I've had a little bit too much uh, uh, bourbon at night. You know, I like bourbon. Okay. And I wake up and I look at that dude in the mirror and I'm like, man, are you an idiot? What the hell are you doing? You're 45 year old man. What'd you do that again for? Right. You're a goof. Right. So uh, I, I believe that happiness is overrated. I don't believe that happiness, uh, the pursuit of happiness carries us through the real life tragedies that happen, you know, uh, but responsibility and doing what we what we find in our hearts to be the best thing we can possibly do and carry that heavy load and i i my happiness comes from the contentment knowing that i did my best at doing it that's that's where my happiness comes from uh i've been asked well what makes you happy what makes you happy what what do you do that makes you happy well geez i'm happy right now yeah you know, right. I am. I'm happy right now. And but it's but I also feel that it's important to not get wrapped up in that happiness as a choice, which I know that it is. But real meaning and purpose comes from actually uh doing our best 
being honest with ourselves. And, you know, for some people, doing your best is just like organizing your office, you know? It might be just washing the car. It might just be mowing the grass, you know? Uh, I've had people in my life that suffer from chronic depression, and it's like, all right, just do these, do this one thing. And that one step in the right direction is a stepping stone to climb that mountain, you know? It's, it's, it's one step further. It's one step closer. And wherever we're at, you know, uh, you know, we just had a, a recent experience where it was, we had to deal with the real possibility that my wife had uh, inflammatory breast cancer, all right? And there was a few days where we weren't sure what was going on. You know, that's real, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? I wasn't happy about that. That sucked. Mm -hmm. Here's what I said. We're going to fight like the Dickens. And, you know, uh, so happiness. Like how you keep going. That's how it is. That's how I keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is is meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meaning and purpose. And, you know, here's the other thing. Why do I have to go back to the farm this afternoon and make sure everything's taken care of? Because if I don't, things die. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's a very real, uh, it's a very real measurement. But that's, you know, that's just for that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoy reading your articles and I really feel like I'm totally there with you. Mm -hmm. But how do you... And actually, maybe I know the answer to this, but I feel like... um, The people listening don't, though. (laughs) I still feel very alone in the fight. Uh And maybe it's because it's not a fight. (laughs) It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. There's no us in them. Right. There's no, like, eat more. I mean... No, there's no us in them. There's, There's... And we are suffering so much from they, 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 they. It's we, 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 we. And if I include myself in it, it's just like I said, if you got a problem with hydraulic fracturing, turn the temperature off in your house, right? Right. We have to all start doing things. We all have to be conscious of our right. own hypocrisy. Right. <laughs> and there are just too many people that have no clue that... Including me. Yeah. I me, mean, me primarily. Know. Me primarily. Me primarily. And that's, that's where I believe that we find the grace to uh, really carry on. Because if it was a fight, and I'm telling you, and I told you earlier, I fought, fought, fought. I fought. And it was suffering, man. It was suffering. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I suffer from knowing the things that I know and knowing the things that I can't change and knowing uh, the people in my life that are, are I know that are close to me that are making some very uh, poor choices in certain aspects. But it's like, you know... They're going to figure that out. They don't need me to tell them. They don't need me to uh, bark down their throat for 
these things. Yes, so that's definitely... So if it's not a fight, then, we can, a fight. then we can fight we, longer. <laughs> we can definitely have the community. So it's, it's the opposite that yeah. I may be trying to get at. Is uh -huh. like, how do I here where I am? I mean, you sure. are here now. Yeah. Like, how do I stay more connected to my food? Because it... Oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, just go do it. Uh, go I do mean, it. like, give, you know, give some people maybe that are listening, like, how how can I get to know a local farmer? How can I find someone? I mean, I'll oh, obviously... It's anybody that's in the United States of America within a 50-mile radius, generally speaking, has somebody that's growing food that wants to sell it to you. Find them. And talk Just to them. Just start. Right? Oh, I assure you they want to talk to you. Yeah. Because they have... To pay to fix their tractors, they gotta pay to fix their cars. The insurance company does not accept a barter for eggs to pay for our electricity. Okay, they don't. I need people that give us money, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Money is a vote every day, and if 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 we vote with our dollars and uh i assure you this if you come down to our farm the lights are on you walk away and you say man i helped do that those kids there you know wow look at that i'm a part of this right and that means something to somebody and food's a very unique thing because i can't think of any other way that we spend our money that is so viscerally connected to who we are. It becomes us, right? right? So that's why that connection, in my opinion, and this isn't just because we're farmers and we sell food. I believe this at its core. If we get the food thing right, and if we begin to transition our relationship with what becomes the flesh of our flesh and the bone of our bone every day if we have a more intimate connection with that there's a lot of other problems in this world that will solve themselves just because of that all right yeah. and but i will say it's just like hey i believe that uh, global warming is a bad thing and i want to conserve so i recycle and i drive a prius okay cool that could be a great step but if you think that's the only step you know well there's a lot more to it <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Right. But the food thing, the food thing is a big deal. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a connection that people not just feel good about. And it's not just this happy cosmic kumbaya, I feel good about myself that I'm doing the right thing. You actually feel it. So when you begin to feel that way, well, you know, if you study depression which is massively on the rise i mean if you look at human gut microbiome uh it's tied to so many chemical imbalances that start in our gut so if we're eating food that's killing our second brain which is our guts well that sure explains a lot right so that's why I'm saying starting with the food, becoming closer to your food in an increasing way. Just by doing that, you're going to solve a lot of other problems in life. A lot. Yeah. You want clean water? 
bingo, check that box. You want biodiversity, check that box. You want to stop the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico from the Mississippi River draining all of the toxic chemicals from, you know, the, the uh, breadbasket of the world. If you want to stop that, well, check that box too, you know. There's a lot of things that you can tick the box off of saying, wow, I did a good thing just by spending. Think about it this way as well. How much do y'all spend on food, right? The average American household spends about $450 a month on food. That's average. And that's including the low. And I here's the funny thing is the high end, you'd be shocked. That you think that rich people spend a lot of money on food? Not, not the case. No. Not the case at all. Most of the rich people that I know think that the best food is the cheapest food. They view food as a financial transaction only. <laughs> right? Yeah. They die of cancer too. Right? So the funny thing is, is with the amount of investment in food, if you were to take, let's just say $500 a month, that's $6,000 a year from every family in this country multiply that by how many millions do you think that you can change pretty quick absolutely now i could go out and stand on a podium and point my finger at a crowd of people and say you need to do this that's not the way i found change to work just do it you know mahatma gandhi said be the change you want to see in the world right that's it that's it so uh, but it's really cool to think about that power that power if let's just say you know the reason why we focus on protein protein and fat it's because those are the areas that contribute the most damage and can provide the most good that's why we focus on it so if somebody wants to say if we do as our farm so we do chick we do eggs uh meat chicken turkey uh, beef, pork, grass-fed beef, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and forest-raised pork. I like, okay. the, I like the forest-raised yeah, yeah. Well, we, pork. Yeah, we allow pigs to be the way pigs should be. And uh, so a family can, if you, if you look at your meat budget and you say, okay, your meat and eggs and stuff like that, we're also uh, doing some other stuff, but... Uh, that not only captures a large swath of the family's food budget, but more importantly, that covers the areas of the industrial agricultural system that do a lot of damage, you see. Mm -hmm. So that's how we decided that we can do the most. Do do as good as we can, mm -hmm. right? Do do the best we can. I had some of the comments about your dandelion, your dandelion video where you said, you know, everyone's killing the the good things in their grass to eat. But the one thing in our yards that is anti-cancer, we're spraying it like a weed. Right, dandelion. Yep. The psychology of lawns. I oh. encourage anybody <laughs> to look into that. The psychology of lawns because it's it's. It is a it is a very it is a very clear 
picture into the pathology of our society. And this is what I'll leave with. This is crazy. And, but, uh, we, we keep our lawns looking neat and tidy because we want people to believe that what's inside is neat and tidy. And if that was true, we would not have increases in teen suicides. We would not have increases of Zoloft prescriptions, okay? We would not have this. So why not just accept reality for what it is? Let things be what they want to become and start... And, and, that's the pathology. Everything's nice here, thank you very much. Our lawn looks good. It looks just like everybody else's. It's upkept, right? But in reality, what's happening inside is it's decaying, okay? So it's a symptom of the sickness of our society. And I assure you this, the most people that you drive by who have the shittiest looking lawns probably have the best families inside. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thank you Appreciate so it. much. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, and I'm pretty sure you haven't because the last time I checked, there were not very many. I would really appreciate you taking the time to give me some honest feedback. I know that there are a million bazillion podcasts out there to listen to, and I really hope that I bring you value. For more information on me or on where to follow me and the guests that I have on, visit amykunkel.com or follow me on Instagram at amy underscore kunkel underscore creative. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.